It has been 55 minutes since I began an intro about Bioware, <laughs> to which we have not Bioware. at all talked about Bioware. <laughs> Should we talk about Bioware? Let's talk about Bioware. Well, or should we, we save Bioware? Let's I was going to say, I think we have to pause this recording and get a new recording. Into Bioware. New recording. So is there anything else we want to talk about before Please. we get to Bioware? Because inevitably we're going to start talking about Bioware and then we're going to start talking about something else like 30 seconds into Bioware. That's right. true. Um, I, you know, there's a few emails that went out the last couple of weeks. Do any of you, uh, Scott said he had trouble remembering them, but... I do have trouble remembering them. Any comments on... Um, we brought up Carl Sagan. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl Sagan was a good one. He sent some Final Fantasy stuff out. I didn't really pay attention to it. Um, Scott, the bastardization. Vehemently, vehemently. How do you? How would you? Vehemently. Ve- no, ve- there's no N. Venomant. Um, Vehement. Well, there is an M actually. I take that back. Vehemently. Ve- is vehement- there an N? I. Vehemently. We're gonna cut. Just cut. Scott, cut this part out. Oh, I'm going to. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, Scott did not like the Final Fantasy bits a couple times. The cosplay stuff he did not like. Oh, the cosplay, yeah, the, uh, the... We're not going to mention any names. Violinist of some renown. The, yes, yes, the violinist and the horrible cosplayness of Final yeah, Fantasy melodies. Violin viola? Violin. Viola is a different instrument. Well, yeah. I know. But, um, she's playing she's a violin. Is a violin. She's a violinist. Okay, <clears throat> so... I yeah that caught me so, on a bad day too so I gathered I, that yeah so I I laid into this really bad 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 cosplay um, rendition of Final Fantasy thirteen eight and seven um, melody was it lightning Renoir and Aerith. I think, or no, Yuna. It was it was ten. Too, it yeah. was ten, eight, ten. and seven. No, she she had lightning in there too. Oh, okay, and thirteen. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that was that was bad. So, Plus the, <clears throat> can we get to the heart of that though? I sure. mean, I understand that you felt. Yeah, like, I passed um, it along because I was amused and it was actually kind of relaxing for me to hear some of the Final Fantasy music in violin form. And listening to something and seeing a music this is why I, I want to get into music videos. Yeah. I hate them. So you played Final Fantasy VII and it changed your life. Let's just we'll, we'll leave it at that and not have to get into a deeper <laughs> the, the, very, the short, 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 short sure. version. <laughs> Spaceballs. <laughs> However, we can talk about this after you after we talk about this topic. I do want to touch base on this topic. Though. Tangent upon tangent upon tangent. Tangent on tangent. But I think this is a natural progression because this was an email I sent kind of related to that. You okay. know? Um, for all of you folks out there who enjoy kind of music on the more classical side of things, and I don't know that you two actually listen to this because you never commented back. There's an album out from a group called um, The Knights. Mm-hmm which is actually, it's kind of almost like a super group per se of classical musicians. So you have like Yo-Yo Ma um, and a bunch of other people. And there's an album called Azul. Amazing. Uh, brilliant. Did you not send that to me? 
Maybe I didn't. I don't think you did. You would love this, Scott. And I was actually kind of pissed off that, like, apparently you didn't listen to it. I'll send it over to you. Somebody replied to it, and I never, I never got the original email to it. Oh really? Um, I listened to that. I replied, and I was like, "This is amazing, brilliant. It is, yeah. If you love, if you like classical music at all, or you just want something when you're at work or whatever to like, kind of play in the background to help you focus." I and I, I mean, I admittedly don't really go full into classical music. I enjoy certain aspects of it, and I enjoy some ambient type stuff. This, however, the talent level, the the orchestration, everything about it is just even the quality of the recording, um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I love this thing so much. So anyway, um, we were talking about violins and stuff like that. So I just wanted to bring that no, up. No, I think one of the problems that I've noticed this on a few emails is and this is probably the scenario that happened here is you sent it to me, forgot to add Scott. Mm-hmm. I replied, forgot to add you, replied to yeah, Scott. We, just, we, don't reply, we don't reply all. I remember, I think it uh, on one of the emails, I actually like cussed you out or something about not watching Star Wars. <laughs> and I realized I didn't actually send it to you. I just sent it to Brian. <laughs> and I wasn't sure if you were like trying to be like, Scott's a jackass. Like, <laughs> let's, leave the, let's leave him off on this. I really need to vent about how that stupid person is just Killing my. But then I think I then responded to something else, and then I on the same trail. Like loop me back in. I looped him back in, so there was like some sort of weird passive aggressive thing where I was like, I hope Scott reads back on the trail and sees this. Which I would not have. (laughs) And I was hesitant, like I was going to reply. I'm like, do I reply all? Like I changed my Google settings, so everything is like when I hit reply, it's reply all. So I I did change my Google settings just so because I was you know I fall victim to that too. I'm like reply. Damn you, Ryan. Positive asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I, I figure there's probably been some of those that come back and forth. I'm, but anyway, I, I totally interrupted. And that's, why, <laughs> that's why you would be emailing each other about me. Because uh, you're like, God, he just interrupts us all the time during the podcast. Uh, but anyway, so I, sorry, I interrupted about that, but it was like on the tip of my mind and I had to mention it. So anyway, I, back right, music, to music so, videos. Here, let me tell you, I hate music that videos. That was an awesome album and I really appreciate you sharing it. Cause awesome, thank you. I, that made my day. I appreciate that you appreciated it. Well, I will be listening to it probably when I watch Stranger Things, which isn't it. For the love of God, dude, when you are at work, just put it on. You have Spotify, right? Just put it on Spotify. I have Apple Music. Yeah, I'm sure it's on Apple Music, too. But Spotify, it's free. Spotify is free. Well, maybe email it to me, and I might be able to, you know, remember. I did. I'm sure it's there. (laughs) I'm sure it's there. I'm sure I sent it to Bolton. I'll resend it, though. I'll resend it. Okay. Um, You can find it on NPR. NPR, like, lets you stream the whole thing, too, if you don't want to download Spotify or whatever. Well, there you go. Just look up The Knights Azul. For all of you out there, Google it. The Knights Azul. The first thing that pops up is the NPR website that lets you stream it, listen to it, be enriched. You know, the first time I, uh, I saw a video of, ooh, the Swedish Philharmonica, um, they had... Philharmonic. The Philharmonic. Um, <laughs> You know, screw you, Paul. Swedish <laughs> 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 man. Harmonica. He really, enjoys, he really enjoys his harmonica that he's named Phil. <laughs> <laughs> he's my buddy. Uh, I don't even know if it was, but the born, the born with the gift of magic, the melody of Final Fantasy VI. That's fifteen, eighteen minutes of music was. Uh, was awesome and then the London Philharmonic 
actually did the whole entire uh, symphonic suite of they did a three-part series of Final Fantasy X. They did another three-part series of Final Fantasy VII, which kind of let me down a little bit. But then they also then produced the the Final Fantasy VI melody, which was amazing. Which it just completely amazing. And the fifteen-minute mark after it goes through uh, Kefka's last battle, um, dancing mad, I think. Mm-hmm. And then it goes back into Terra's theme at the end. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. I mean, missed. Magical, magic. So wh- let me ask you, why is that? Why is that okay to watch a video of a orchestra playing Final Fantasy seven VII or six music, but it is not okay when someone fanboys? No, fanboys. Not necessarily fanboys. Yes, it's fanboys. It's, no, the next level of fanboys, whatever that might be, actual professionals who. Whoa, appreciate. whoa, whoa. Whoa! You dare to call what they did to Final Fantasy professional? So okay, there's a She's certain a professional. there's a certain level of accomplishment though, and I don't want to discount the talent of this particular individual because yes, they are undeniably talented in their own right. However, I will say in my personal opinion, giving a little bit one note, and I don't mean that as some sort of bad pun, um, but. They're not, at this point, in my opinion, really innovating things um, anymore. It just kind of seems like everything that person is coming out with anymore is kind of more of the same in terms of level of quality. However, there are certain musicians out there, certain groups of musicians out there that have that intangible ability to reach the emotional level when you are listening to it. And this, in this particular aspect, I did not get that at all with with this Final Fantasy rendition. Um, And there are just certain people out there, for instance, I'm just going to pull a name out of the random. Uh, There's a gentleman uh, by the name of Beardy Man, who's a British gentleman, who is actually a beatboxer. (laughs) However, the level of quality that he is able to produce in just beatboxing, and when I say beatboxing, don't think of just some guy making fake beats. This person can actually recreate the sounds of instruments with his mouth, and he uses loop pedals, and he has something called a chaos pedal. That uh, it's a whole thing. He's all over YouTube, and he's also a comedian. But uh, there is a video of him uh, in Britain, and he actually does a performance in front of an orchestra, where he recreates instruments from that orchestra and you can see intimidation in the eyes of the player of, 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 of the musicians in the as they realize he walks out and they think oh what's this guy doing he's some fool he's going to come out here and do some sort of weird dubstep beatbox with his mouth and he kind of starts off that way and you can kind of see there's people in the background just sneering in this orchestra and then he goes on to actually recreate with his mouth classical staples um, and then he draws in some of the musicians from the orchestra but the level of quality that he's able to put into that the level of emotion and creativity it speaks to you and you look at this guy and you're like this guy actually respects it he knows what's going on with it but not only that he's able to put something into it he's able to put some sort of life into it and i didn't get that at all with with that particular rendition of the final fantasy bit it just seemed more of like hey Let's do this, and we're gonna we're gonna. This is lacking, so we're gonna put the cosplay aspect in, and it just 
to me, I watched visuals. it. it just kind of, yeah, it just the whole thing just kind of seemed cheap to me. It didn't, it didn't really, it didn't hit where I think they were trying to hit. Um, and yeah, uh, it could just be a personal thing, but to me, I just, I, I, it didn't hold my attention at all. It just well, wasn't my thing. Let me um, put a hypothetical <clears throat> for you're walking along some street that. Uh, has street musicians or is popular for crowds and has a street musician mm -hmm. starts playing let's say the theme um Gerudo um do 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 Gerudo he's playing on a guitar right nailing it right talented enough to and you're totally like okay cool sure so someone's playing um Gerudo Valley on a guitar street musician you're walking along that person decides to have a Gerudo style cosplay outfit on while Ooh. playing that music. Did he cross the line? Is That's that where it is? That's a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> so is he dressed like Ganondorf? Is, is that he what he is? He has a few flair items that make him, like he put some effort into it, but sure. not enough to be full on Ganondorf. Okay. So I think there's inherently a difference between street performance and what you actually see in person and how that ties back into a YouTube um, cosplay. So does it sour the experience for you because it is YouTube, main media, mainstream, easily this, accessible, whereas a street musician is just something you happen upon and you're like, oh, I can. So this is, this, is where, this is where it boils down to me. So you are going to produce and put out there a piece of art. If you do it as just music, the person can interpret what's going on in a visual sense or be able to take that information, take that music and apply it to whatever I'm thinking and kind of create my own narrative for, for the music. When you do YouTube, when you have the visuals, you are taking away that imagination of the viewer and you are supplementing in, this is how a more realized version of what I'm trying to do is actually gonna be doing. So when you have this particular lady. Person. Person. Don't she, assume that gender. No, no I'm, I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the. Oh, he the was making a joke. I was making a joke. Oh. Keep going. Anyway, I'm sorry. Anyway, so when you have the greasy hair, you know, pulled back and just every, every piece of this visual that they're giving out to you is cheap. It's, they have the blue amateur. swords. It's amateur. Yeah, well, it's amateur. Not, not only to me cheap. But, but an unfaithful representation well, of what I perceive of, of, okay, of what I that. perceive as to be Final Fantasy. You you try so hard, uh, this lady tries so hard to imitate Aerith, but then when you when the same group of people try to imitate Cloud and Sephiroth, Cloud isn't having pointy spiky hair. He has this grungy type of un. Just it's not true to to the story of of this portrayal of this character. They're they're out in the his hair and Advent Children. Are you upset about that? I'm yeah, <laughs> of course I am. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I what mean, I you what I took away from the Aerith cosplay though was 
yeah, it was grungy, it was cheap looking, but also it had a weird, and when I say weird, okay, I know that like the bulk of cosplay is based around this <laughs> when it comes to the female aspect of cosplay, um, at least from the male standpoint, but it had a weird kind of sexual aspect to it that just seemed to me to be kind of chintzy and cheap and dirty. It, it was, I'm going to play this music and I'm also going to put myself out there in this costume that is just kind of embarrassingly cheaply sexual. Yeah. Did you not, I mean, I, well, I mean Final Fantasy VII's artwork from what um, Omora did, um, it, yes, Tifa and, and the trope of, you know, her, you know, you know, big breastedness. Um, but it didn't show anything and, and people try to, you know, show more skin than actually what these characters were drawn as. And I mean, now, you know, from Final Fantasy seven, you know, in, in each of the installate or in, in each of the installments, they're getting, you know, more sexual and more, you sure. know, skin showing. So now we have them. And talking about Ricky. males or the females? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Both? <laughs> I mean, give, give them credit, you know, equality. Go Japanese artists. I mean, yeah, hey. I mean, in the latest Final Fantasy, I was like, the, the artwork is some of the males. And, like, I think, I think the, the depiction of the males, I think the males are prettier than the females, almost. Like, yeah, I mean, you go from, to even Final a, Fantasy X. a feminine standpoint. I mean, you got, you got the uh, bare-chested, waxed, uh, later hosen guy, or, or Ash, or not Ash, but uh, whatever Final Fantasy XII uh, guy was, and he was, you know, sitting all provocative in the, in the, Final Fan, in the, in the artwork there. I mean, that was pretty... Uh, not how I like display, right? Uh, he did. He, I, I showed some leg he here, some people. Leg. It was brother, which was weird. <laughs> um, oh. and, then, and then you have a mechanic who she's not in any way dressed to be a mechanic. A mechanic, sure. Um, and I don't want to say that. I don't. Again, I don't want to come across sounding like we're these like cold-blooded, grumpy old men. I mean, yeah, sure. Put some clothes on, you tart. Right. I mean, sure, whatever. It's enjoyable, but. At the same time, like this is unrealistic. Getting, it's unrealistic and getting back to that rendition. The music <laughs> from a fantasy itself, type. <laughs> from a fantasy type. But I got the impression in watching that that there was some sort of decision of the music here, the rendition of this is not good enough, so we need to tie in this visual aspect. They tried too they hard tried to, to make they something. They tried too good. hard to make it good. And they, they just said we need to distract here. And so let's kind of put this cheaply sexual cosplay bit into it and it just didn't work it didn't tie together at all it wasn't it wasn't a f in the the sound what they so, were trying okay, to do was works. they were trying to emphasize the the music okay, to it. and this whole lady is her yeah, okay. her violin and and she didn't was wasn't able to accurately be able to convey the emotional meaning behind this the the music that obviously is what makes this music so powerful is because you have that emotional tie into it and then every time she's trying to look off like to camp to stage left while the camera's on her and she she just makes this fake emotional plea when it's not there and that is what is so distracting to me. But when you're looking and tying this back to a, an orchestra, when you're tying this back to you know, 20, 30, 50 people, 
tr- coming together to make this thing possible. I mean, yes, their their emphasis and their taught and their their focus is on the music. Her focus was trying to look pretty and trying to make this e- emotional. Okay. You can't e- make that broad of an assumption. No, oh, I can, so and I will, sir. The, let's say the <laughs> it limit, was cheap. Can we at least agree that of that thirty to forty orchestra, of that, probably maybe one of them played Final Fantasy VI. Oh, I'm I'm sure none of them have, but but they appreciate the music. Whereas the person they might not were, even appreciate the music, but they played it like they did. Okay, so the quality was there. Right. Whereas the individual that you just made the assumption about. Probably played Final Fantasy seven, ten, or eight. I'm not. I'm not saying that they weren't fanboys. I'm just saying, me as a complete fanboy of this, wouldn't try to put something out there that I love that I couldn't do justice to. I would never put out something that I couldn't do justice to. So it's better to not do at all as opposed to try. Yes. The opposite of Yoda. Hey, well, yes. I guess at the end of the day, this is do why. not, do not, or do not try. Do yeah. I guess at the end of the day, I mean, this is why our country is wonderful because these you can put this out and there's gonna be people out there that really enjoy it. Sure. And there's gonna be other people who are right and didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, whether or not it was right or wrong, what interests me is the visceral response that it created. Right. That That's the cool part about it. Yeah, like, you hold this... So you're glad that you made me mad no. by sending this thing to me? <laughs> I, will, I will admit I was, I was quite entertained. Right? <laughs> Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? I guess my point is whether or not it actually affected you is what was more interesting whether or not it was a quality piece sure well it certainly had an impact that's for sure i mean it certainly affected yeah at, at that point during that day <laughs> so let me ask you this would so, you final fantasy the legend of the crystals is one of your favorite movies of all time the favorite like, number one Final Fantasy um, Legend of the Crystals is one of, if not your favorite movie of all time. Your favorite pe- work of video, favorite visual medium. Sure. Let's say of our niche of people that we know in life, 10% or maybe even less, 5% have actually seen said show. Oh man, I don't even think that many. Three percent. Me and you and Paul. You haven't seen it. Paul watched some of it, didn't you? I saw the bits on YouTube that you sent me the links to and made me watch. Did you watch all four episodes? Yes. Okay. So Paul, so you seen it? So okay. And that motorcycle. I mean, what is happening with that motorcycle? It's it's awesome, right? Suspend disbelief, right there, buddy. Something. Okay. So let me. So of that. Okay. Now of the wider audience in the world. Sure. Very few people have seen this. Sure. I would like to interject, however, that when Scott actually sends me something to watch, I watch it. Oh. Whoa. Those are some Amen fighting words. <laughs> I have seen everything that you guys have Bull. shown me. It might take me Bull. a while to find but... No, that you've sent Bull. me? That you've emailed yes. me? Bull. If it's a YouTube video, I've seen it. Bull. 
Yeah, if it's okay. Stranger Things, anyway. then right. you know I'm reserving okay, judgment. All right. all right, fine. My point is I'm just fighting words, my bitch. Zing. My point what is zing? so if I sent you Stranger Things on YouTube, you'd watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you the Netflix link. How about that? That might actually work. <laughs> yeah. You can watch like the thirty second. You can watch the entire season of Stranger Things via thirty second clips uploaded to YouTube. <laughs> actually, one time. True story. Oh One time um, in recent history, uh, I was pretty sick. I had the flu uh, like about a year ago or whatever. And I didn't want to get out of bed. And for some reason, the thought of opening up Netflix on my tablet was too much effort. And <laughs> uh, Netflix doesn't have this anyway. So, I mean, it was kind of a moot point. But I did watch the majority of Empire Strikes Back via uploaded clips on YouTube. <laughs> I have watched the original Star Wars unedited version that um, that's people have modded from the re-edited version, and you kind of get the better visuals on YouTube until yeah. someone took it down. So I've done until they get taken down. Sure. I mean, that's basically how I have to watch Legend of the Crystals now is to watch it on YouTube. Very poor quality, by the way, on YouTube. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty bad. It's bad. It's so, like taped from VHS, yeah. So, <laughs> that's what I have. <laughs> back, back to the story of, um, if more people saw Legends of the Crystals and did more fan-type things, such as the individual who, if mm-hmm. um, someone cosplays the Pretz, or someone redid some of the soundtrack, or someone added some humorous satire like um, how it should have ended or something mm-hmm. along those lines where the quality isn't great the it doesn't it doesn't meet your standards let's just say that right the popularity that it brings the um, more the mise en scene the the boosted status that it would bring it you'd be opposed to because they are not true to the original work even though your original work has not yet found a DVD slash digital release <laughs> in the last 23 years isn't that kind of the definition of a hipster <laughs> you know uh, my shirt says here the man the myth the legend <laughs> are you gonna like do a really close shave on the side of your head and then grow a huge beard and then I actually did that a couple, like a year ago, right? You remember that? You didn't have the beard, but you had the overcut, or the undercut. The the gentleman cut is is what they say. And then I tried to do the undercut, and you very quickly changed, and then I realized that I was being a little follower, and I I didn't, I stopped. I don't remember that so much. That's because my undercut was very sad. Mm, That makes me sad. It wasn't like a true undercut, it was like a, if someone mentions that you have an undercut, I'm I'm able to deny it. Hmm. And say that I just kind of have something that resembles an art. Anyway. Right, the uh, the uh, stylist kind of... We, you know... She talked me out of it. Right. Paul's psyche, this podcast, we have... It's kind of riddled. I, no, we've delved this is, into... This is what happens when... The subconscious This is. is what happens when you think your two podcast companions are going to be over at a certain time. And so you crack open <laughs> a bottle of wine in preparation for that at a certain time before that. And then they're late, and you know, by that we, point you keep drinking the bottle yeah, of wine, yeah. and then you realize, holy crap, I've drank much of most of a bottle of wine, and I need to then counterbalance that with coffee, and then you drink more wine, 
and then your barriers of who you are as a person start to come down once the microphone gets in front of your face and then the two of them finally arrive and they look at you like you're a crazy man because you're just rambling in front of the microphone. And one of them promises to edit something out, but he doesn't. He won't. <laughs> he won't. Yeah, that, that 40 minutes was uh, a little bit... Uh, sorry about that there, Paul. I mean, it's fine, whatever. You guys have lives. You know, bl- you really, blame the babies. So it's fine. Blame the I mean, kids. <clears throat> I'm not going to ever judge the two of you for having time constraints on your lives because your lives are much busier than mine is. And my life is awesome because of that. Amen. Amen. To get to you back to your question, right? No. no. I'm sorry, I'm like Mr. Tanya right now. <laughs> I apologize. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up now. I mean, no, I completely yes. Later. I mean, if if <laughs> if Final Fantasy Legend of the Crystals got mainstream success, even no, it was didn't a get, four. It didn't get mainstream. No, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm saying. saying. Oh, I know. That's okay. this is what I'm saying. If if yeah, hypothetically, okay. if Legend of the Crystals got as mainstream success as Final Fantasy VII has gotten, yeah. I would. Put myself into some kind of bubble and disallow anything to ruin so, but that's the, not, the original. So, But that wasn't my point. My point was it did make mainstream success, but it could get a boost from amateur fanboys, as you'd like to call them, doing semi-quality work. Semi-quality is quite... At a certain point, though, when you like something that much, you want it just for yourself. Like, it's a selfish deal, but... But, like we commented, the only way to watch it's low quality on YouTube, or if you still have a VHS player, and even then, the tape has been worn so many times that you get the lines across the screen. Yeah, the first 15 minutes of... uh, In order to convince Funmation, or whoever owns the rights, who God knows who owns the rights at this point... To be like, oh, we can make some money off this by doing a digital release or a DVD release. Yeah. They need to see interest. And in order to see interest, sure. you need a fan community. In order to have a fan community, you need people who are passionate. Okay, like so <clears throat> here, here's my thought on this. If it does not get that much, yes, I won't be able to see it again. But at the same time, oh, the crystal of the wind. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah, but only three do, people got that do, reference. Do, right? <laughs> no, but I'm saying it's in my mind. It's ingrained in my mind because I've watched it so much to ruin the VHS tapes of this thing that I do have in my subconscious buried mind that I've seen this a hundred times. I do still have the full movie in my mind that I can go back to and you know relive at, at whatever point that I want to. So... Do we need to have re-releases of things? No. No, we do not. Do we have do we need to have remakes of the greatest game of all time completely bastardized for a new generation that's hopped up on action RPG awesomeness that needs to have Ah! No, we do not. No, we do not. There are certain things that shouldn't be re-released. Or remade. Or remade, or remastered, or just any... So... Okay. Watch it in the original Klingon, people. Watch it in the original... So, okay, gonna go on a mini rant here on a tangent that neither of you probably give a damn about. <laughs> um, when I was in high school and college, musically, I was that 
Oh god, I'm dying into my psyche again. This is awesome. <laughs> Someone get the popcorn. Getting to know oh, you. Yeah. Getting to know all about you. So when I was in like high school, um, like my big music, you know, aspect, I was like the the dreary goth boy, and Nine Inch Nails was my that was my jam. Um, so like the fragile and the downward spiral and and, and broken. That was kind of the soundtrack to my teenage angst. And then years later, you had the anniversaries of the Downward Spiral and whatnot. And he, Trent Reznor went and remastered things. And then he did a 5.1 surround sound mix. And everybody was talking about, oh, it sounds amazing. Go and listen to it. Go and buy the new album. But it took something away from it. There was something about an album like Broken which luckily was not remastered in 5.1. But if you ever wanted to hear the sound of basically someone going insane and being taken over by drug-fueled psychotic anger to the point of just complete breakdown, that was the album to listen to. If you are ever in a point in your life where you just, like, you've given up on everything, that was kind of like the soundtrack to that. And almost to go back and remaster something like that to improve the sound or whatever, it it takes away from what it was. And I think that's kind of the same concept with this old, you know, the old VHS. It, it's a place and time in your life, sure. right? And so when you go back to try and improve on that or remaster it or do whatever to improve quality, <clears throat> what what quality are we improving? I mean, sure, we're, we're, we're re-releasing it so more people can see it. We're getting more of a, a widespread aspect to it. Outside of just consumerism, um, or the ability to go back and watch it again digitally whenever you want, I mean, what, what's the end goal of that? You still have your memories of it. You still have that point in time in your life when it meant something to you, right? And for those people that didn't get that, that weren't there at the time, well, too bad for them. There will be other things for them. But sometimes things don't need to be shared with the world again because they were poignant at that time and that's all that it needed to be. How many of your um, <clears throat> action figures are from the time that you watched the show that they are from and a time 20 years later? Don't you pull that shit on me. <laughs> <laughs> But those are representations of memories. But because of... They pull from the nostalgia. They're not yeah, trying to create something new. Like, they're not trying to... They're not trying to make something original better by improving upon it. You cannot take Pink Floyd's The Wall and make it better by remastering it. It so, just is what it is. It's Pink but Floyd's how many people had Pink Floyd on the wall on a cassette tape... Versus having it on an LP album. Wouldn't you rather had it on an LP, whereas most likely you had it on a cassette? I've actually been lucky enough in my life to listen to Pink Floyd's The Wall on the original, one of the original pressing LPs. I've listened to it on cassette at this, in the same evening. I've listened to a original, like, you know, one of the original pressing CDs of it, and I've listened to the remastered CD. 
probably the one I got the most enjoyment out of was probably the cassette. Hmm. Oddly enough. Um, I'm not really sure what that says about it. It's just that I think each person is going to take away from the experience what they take away from. And by remastering something or by re-releasing something, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's better. Yeah, but, but that's always the end goal is we're going to make it better. But better is always the... So when you remaster something, re-release it, digitally re-enhance it, release it in HD or put it, put it out in Blu-ray or whatever, there's always going to be some person doing that, making executive decisions on what they think is better. Case in point, J.J. Abrams redoing <laughs> Star Trek. That's always somebody's opinion on what they think is better. When you, re, when you remaster the wall, you're remastering it. There's a producer and a sound engineer and they're thinking, we're going to boost the bass in this area. We're going to bring the guitar sound forward here. We're going to reduce the vocals over here. We're going to cut out that background noise here because we think it makes it better. There was a time when that album was recorded in the studio where Roger, Walter, Roger Waters was in there listening to the tracks and it was good enough for him. Not only good enough, but probably every aspect of that meant something to him and had a point. And then down the road, you have an engineer in there saying, with or without Roger Waters' input, saying, I'm going to boost this, I'm going to change this, and I'm going to do that, because in my opinion, that's what I wanted to hear. One more interpretation, built on one more interpretation, built on another interpretation of these, this baseline idea of what you what you loved so even okay let's the original um next generation star trek tv shows were filmed on 35 millimeter film Mm -hmm. at the time they had to present them in a lower quality for television they had to present them in a lower quality for vhs they had to present them in a lower quality for dvd Mm-hmm. Since then, in the last 10 years, last five years, they've gone back to the original 35 millimeters and what basically is called remastered them to an HD quality where you can see how fat Riker gets from season three <laughs> to season four. I wouldn't say fat, bloated. <laughs> you can see how this, you know, the, the uniforms had to be let out a little bit for some of the cast members later on. Sure. Did that add anything to the overall experience of Star Trek? No. Now they actually went back in and redid computer graphics on top of some of the original graphics to make the explosions bigger, the ships better. And that's where I get pissed off. Okay. So that was the line. So that, so that I was, my add on to that was going to be mentioning Babylon 5. I recently went back on YouTube and watched some clips from like the Shadow War era of Babylon 5 and most of Babylon 5 in terms of the space battles the major difference between Babylon 5 and something like Star Trek was that Babylon 5 relied on CG for most of their space battles most of their ships everything there was no um, models models used it was all CG and it doesn't stand up to the test of time it looks pretty bad however that's part of that experience. It's part of the time that it came out. If someone were to go back and say, I'm going to remaster Babylon 5, I'm going to re-release it, and I'm going to go back in and redo all of the CG 
so that those shadow ships and the Vorlons and, and the, the White Stars, they look awesome. They look realistic. They look better than, I mean, honestly, the video games that we have today, the computer graphics for those ships and whatnot, the video games look better than what was in Babylon 5, by far. Way. I think that would ruin it to a certain extent. Because you have, because you can't update the human factor and the human um, tropes of that time period to to get up to what we can do visually now. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and interrupt you. Paul told us a story early on about how his TV in his college dorm room was haunted. Yes. Um, just for the record, and also my printer. And his printer. <laughs> also my answering machine. There's a. Um, sizable fish tank here in um, our studio and um, his fish at certain points during our podcasts make noises that you wouldn't think are possible for something that small to make yeah I'm pretty sure what it is is there um, a lot of my fish like to skim up on the surface I have a couple I have some well I only have a single beta remaining in that tank among other fish because the other two betas that I had in there, all females, I'm not stupid, I don't mix male betas with other male betas. Um, a couple of them died, so there's only one female left in that tank, it's a beta. In fact, the entire tank is female, I've learned my lesson. Um, but because they're surface swimmers, uh, a lot of the time I think they start dozing off because their light is off right now and then something scares them and they jolt away, and so they cause Water noises. Yeah, they cause bubbles and water noises. However, I'm now suddenly somewhat a little bit concerned about what may have just happened in there. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Likely story. <laughs> We're not getting out of here alive. They are very friendly fish, even though they associate me only with food and they have no emotional attachment to me because they're fish. I like you don't think, know that. I like to think that they're happy to see me when I get home at night because well, that's all I have in my <laughs> And with that, we end, our, we end this session. <laughs>